0: As a driven dentist, you see the world differently. Where some see scarcity, you see abundance. When others want to give up, you keep going. You're building an amazing life of significance. That means you can't rely on ordinary advice from ordinary advisors to get to your goals. You want advice that's going to help maximize your net worth so you can take even better care of the people you love, the causes you care about, and make your dent in the universe. But the fact is, this advice remains hidden because relatively few professionals are well versed in them, and the extremely affluent don't care to let you know about them. Join us as we pull back the curtain to reveal the often hidden advice and strategies used by today's most successful individuals and families. Welcome to Dental Wealth Nation, here's your host, Tim McNeely.
1: welcome everyone to another edition of dental wealth nation and wow am i excited to have you here you've made a great decision to to join us today because we are talking about something so fundamental for you as a, a dentist as a dentist you want to make good decisions in your business and your life you want to have a a good understanding of running your practice and perhaps even buying your your first second or 20th practice and that's what we're going to be talking about today and, and i am so excited. Our guest today is Fazel Mastashari. And, and as I was talking to Fazel before I, the, the show, I learned something very interesting. And And his first name means uh, advisor. And we're going to be talking about that. And I'll tell you what his, his last name means here in a second. But by the time we finish today, you're going to know the basic principles of buying a dental practice. You're going to have the resources, the framework, and a very specific process for actually analyzing and looking at dental practices. But even more importantly, you're going to feel empowered and control during this entire process. And like I said, I am so excited to have Fazel here today. Fazel is a dental specific CPA. He specializes in working with dentists just like you, he's involved in tax and accounting, some financial planning, business planning, and really involved on consulting through transitions and, and doing those dental transactions. And so Fazel, welcome to the show. Hi, Tim. Thanks for having me today. Hey, I am so thrilled to, to have you here and, and tell us a little bit about your, your background and, and how you got started in working with dentists
2: yeah that was very interesting first of all how to get involved with dentists i was when i was born i was born as you know my brother was a future dentist so my brother became a dentist so i got uh, very 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 early involved with dentistry i was supposed to be a dentist i guess because usually my parents wanted me to follow my brother's path but probably didn't happen um you know my wife is a dentist and uh, my mother-in-law is a dentist um that's why pretty much, uh, you know, I, you know, co- you know, diverted all of my resources, all of my knowledge, and pretty much, you know, my business, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, degrees and, and, and training to what dentistry. So I'm a dental specific dent, uh, a CPA. That means I know everything that pretty much a pretty straightforward uh, CPA should know, uh, but, you know, specialize in dental practices, specialize in dental industry. A little bit of medical but medical is much easier uh and why does this need specialization because you know there are a lot of very very unique uh details in this uh in this uh, niche uh, uh industry
1: yeah I, and actually i i i ended up messing up in the the intro because fazel actually doesn't mean advisor but what does fazel mean wisdom wisdom and wise, wise- person yes and your last name, Masashari, means the advisor, right? I love that because that's really yeah. what you do is, is you serve yeah. as an advisor to help dentists wisely think through buying practices, okay. the financial side of things. And that's exactly what you're going to learn today as that's you awesome. listen to Fazel and I have a, a conversation. And so since we're starting and really talking about, you know, buying those dental practices, right, let's pretend I'm a dentist. I I walk into your office, I sit down and I say, Fazel, I am ready to buy a practice. Where can I go? Where can I buy that perfect practice that's going to make everything awesome in my life?
2: Yeah, well, walking into the practice, it's not happening since almost two years. Usually you a lot of people uh, come to us through referrals a lot of people find us online fortunately there is a lot of online uh, stuff that we put out there in terms of uh webinars in terms of vlogs uh so we're gonna have probably we're gonna have a zoom meeting and you will be somewhere in the united states uh, mostly either in texas arizona or uh, california for some reason uh, the most influence uh, we have is in those areas and uh, when we have a zoom meeting the first step is going to be that we get to know each other that we make sure that you have followed specific steps in the past and if you haven't uh, that we make sure that you know that we fix those that we get you ready Uh, and then once you are ready in terms of preparation that we take it to the next level next level is going to be see what uh, type of office is suitable for you that would be the first step. So the first step pretty much to make sure that you have certain experience, that you're ready to, you know, buy a practice, run a practice, certain liquidity, credit scores, very important, specific insurances that you should have uh, already, you know, uh, and also very specific CE sometimes is gonna help you. Very, very important, the mindset, uh, important that you're ready to start a business career. And this is going to be the basic, basic, basic sometimes we do have to fix some financial issues you know maybe there is no liquidity maybe there's bad credit that may happen maybe you're not uh on top of your debt uh so we fix it because we understand what's going to happen during this process and we want to avoid as much um uh issues we can expect so that, that, that the the path is uh, very smooth yeah. that would be the first step
1: Okay. Uh, and I think even in that first step, you hit on something that, that's so important that I heard, right? There's there certainly some, some I'm going to call them hard qualities that you need, right? Certain credit scores, certain, you know, asset levels, right? Kind of things that, that you got to check off the box for. But you, but you also mentioned the mindset uh, of going in and really being ready for this. And so what does a successful mindset for buying a practice look like?
2: Well, you know, as you know, in dental school, no business is taught. So um, the mindset is, first of all, some very, very business skills. So we make sure that you understand what a business you know, entity is, what is supposed to happen in future to you. Uh, you know that uh, you are not just going to uh, buy um, something that is already ready we let you know pretty much uh, what the process is supposed to look like and also you know the business mindset is a little bit different than just the dentistry mindset you are going to be in a dentistry business so we discuss uh, specific things uh, to make sure pretty much that you know our buyer is uh, aware that he is or she is going to wear a lot of hats it's going to be employment issues it's going to be financial issues it's going to be marketing so we have certain media resources that we provided again to them so that they have all of this basic business resources but also be clear that we are going to take a look at a very big picture not just a very very small niche and be ready to make this investment and again it's a huge huge investment but you know this investment is going to have a lot of return The initial investment is going to dental school uh some of the people that i you know speak with they have between three and six seven eight hundred thousand dollars of debt and they invested uh between eight and twelve years of their maybe eight to ten years of their higher education uh in and a lot of money time money and then now it's the time to have those uh, you know investment work for you and have very very good return hopefully Okay.
1: Excellent. And, and, and I want to spend just a little more time on that that mindset, right? So, so you certainly have to be prepared to, to wear all those different hats, to, to have things probably not go as you planned or things to change. Um, what are some other kind of just important mindsets for, for
2: staying positive and for really making it through this process? You know, nothing is going to be perfect. And, you know, when you have the right mindset, again, I'm not a person specifically, to speak about mindset i'm a person that speaks about very very you know uh, scientific uh, numbers and business resources and systems but mindset pretty much is something that you know uh, you need in business making sure that you're a business person making sure that you see the big picture making sure that you see you know the woods not the branches making sure that you see long term making sure that pretty much you understand that, you know, what you see is not going to be where you're going to end up in your business, that you can, you know, bring it up, that you may be able to, you know, bring in your own personality, positive mindset, pretty much this, this is, this is going to change world sometimes. But again, I'm sure that there are business advisors that concentrate much more on psychology, but we know the basics. We try to make sure that, you know, in every decision, the, 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 the positive side is, uh, you know uh, considered and uh, emphasized primarily and not on the constraints and the negative side
1: yeah no that that that's great and, and I appreciate that right positivity matters through this process very much very because much. as business owners we're going to have great days and we're going to have days where we think what did I just do
2: yeah and I do want to honest you know honestly I want to add something to that as well so honesty is important not as a buyer trying to lowball the seller or vice versa creativity flexibility mutual respect protection the goodwill of the practice that you want to buy there are a lot of things good planning due diligence right fundamentals and making sure that you just maximize the value of the future practice that you want to buy and that's going to help you you know have a very very you know smooth transition because you are prepared you have the right attitude you're going to protect the goodwill and this is going to help everyone
1: yeah. Now, you mentioned right, you, kind of your specialty is very you know, scientific. It's looking at numbers, it's looking at the data, right? And, and it's really having the tools and a process. So, so walk us through what some of those fundamentals on, on a practice looks like, right? What are some of the tools and, and resources and things that, that we should be looking at as we consider buying a dental practice?
2: Correct. Well, before I do talk about the very specific tools and resources, Let's talk about the process. So we talked about step number one, which is to prepare. The buyer needs to make sure that they're prepared. So we talked about a little bit uh, of this process, but also it's very, very unique and you know, specific to each person separately. Then through a very, very specific you know, process uh, with a lot of details, uh, we are going to determine what type of a practice is suitable for, let's say, Dr. Tim, which may not be suitable for a different person or a different doctor. Then we make sure that we canvass the market and, and, and that we, or that we network. Networking is very important in dentistry and in business and to find these uh, suitable practice. The next step is going to be to make sure that this office is, uh, you know, profitable. Once this is done, we're gonna write a letter of 10. Before that, we've done some, you know, price and valuation uh, studies. Then uh, all of this, uh, you know, contingency starts, such as financing, due diligence, the contracts, the lease, and pretty much uh, we close. Then, so uh, what is some of this very specific preparations and steps? Pretty much before we even consider purchasing a practice. We put it into a very very specific framework so what is this framework this framework is something uh you know that uh, is based on the swot analysis and let me test your business uh school days what is swat tim uh swat is Strength. strengths weaknesses opportunities and threats especially and 100 percent something that I've done and because this is a little bit uh you know business specific but I brought it into the dentistry so I pretty much in my system the way I put it into my framework you know I'm looking for liability risk value and opportunity and the fifth one is what is important to my buyer so the liability so there will always be liabilities but we want to make sure that this liability is in a very very controlled environment so what is reliability? Something that you will never be able to change because uh, it's also it's always there. So demographics, maybe you don't like the demographics; demographics doesn't like you. Uh, location is very important. Lease is very important. You will always have lease payments. The amount of the rent is important, and you know things that you cannot simply walk away. So these are the long-term debt and liabilities, and we want to make sure that we have that under control. That would be one. The second one is making sure that we need that we know what business risk is there risk is something again it will be always there but you know because of uh you know it's a little bit more short-term liability you will be able to uh you know fix it sometimes but it's going to take you time and resources so uh you know if you want to buy a practice with bad employees or not well-trained employees if you go to a practice with insurances you don't like if you have to do major major investment right away into the i.t and equipment if uh, you discover a lot of redos and refunds if uh, you know if you see that the practice does a lot of marketing to get patients very very risky Uh, third we are looking for a lot of value in every practice value is something that is already there this is something that we purchase so uh, a few the more hygiene days the better the more conservative doctor the better the more bread and butter dentistry the better uh hopefully we have a practice with decent equipment and it and opportunity so again we want to see what you can do we want to see if you are able to duplicate what the seller is doing and also maybe uh put something on top of it so very very important always also as you know you know financial decisions are very emotional decisions sometimes it's important that it feels right even if i tell you that everything is 100 percent, you may feel is not right and that's why you should not make this decision i can tell you uh, uh something that my wife did so i found <laughs> i believe the perfect practice for her and then she walked in she just said i, I just cannot work here that simple so some basics some fundamentals uh, we can dive into that a little bit more later if, uh, you know, if we have some more time. Yeah,
1: no, absolutely. And I, and I think that's so interesting kind of going through that. I, I, and even when you mentioned, right, y- your wife, that, that perfect practice, Let, let's spend just a moment on there because I think so often we think, you know, Hey, if we look at enough practices, we're going to find the perfect one. And so, so what do you tell people when they say, Hey, Fazel, where can I find the perfect practice?
2: Yeah, this is this is this is a very important and interesting question. There is no perfect practice, so either you start from scratch, uh, and this is again something with the mindset. You should have the mindset for a startup. Some people have it. You know, they right away they say, "Okay, I have. Uh, I'm going to be waiting for one, two, three, four years to build it," and then you know, there. I mean, there is no hundred percent practice, but you can approach more and more and more a you know more satisfactory percentage Um, so uh, that's in terms of you know startup and build Uh, where do you find it hopefully 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 you're somebody who does a lot of networking with the industry people uh, with sellers you find somebody that shares the same philosophy with you uh, but is this going to be a perfect practice no because still there is a lot of liability risk uh, you know lack of opportunity you always always have to work on improving the practice so there is no perfect practice so yeah. again let's go back to the practice that my wife and i purchased uh i think it was at 60 65 now after seven eight years it's at 80 85 percent. but if you stop working it's going to go back to 70 percent. it's going to go back you know it's because dentistry is a cash business you need to be there on a daily basis unfortunately last year we saw a lot of people unfortunately pass away uh, or become injured and the value of those practices you know after like six months uh, goes to zero goes to basic equipment so that's why i can tell you even if you have the most successful practice you have to maintain it it's like a relationship you have to invest into that you have to do your marketing you have to do your training you have to do your technology and um, leadership very very important
1: Well, I I love what you just shared with us Fazel. and and if you're listening, I hope you picked up on that, right? This is a relationship between you and your practice and and you're going to get back what you put into it and and you need to nurture it. You want to work on it and you always want to be improving it because if you, if you stop, that relationship's going to go backwards, right? If I stop hanging out with my wife, if I stop spending time with her and I run around doing my own thing all the time, our relationship's going to suffer. And the same is true with your relationship with your practice and so pausel i i think there's just so much wisdom in that In is really treating it as a as a relationship
2: that they, they can get better or worse over time depending on what you do yeah. yeah and this is something that we do see a lot in when we review practices throughout the year i'm involved in 100 120 transactions sometimes it's just evaluation sometimes just due diligence we do a lot of support for startups sometimes our clients sell the practices and a lot of buying Uh, again i'm not a broker we don't receive commission so we just provide a simple service and receive a fee and i can tell you we do observe where the practice is based on just the framework that i told you we see uh, this is you know hopefully at some point we can talk about selling a dental practice unfortunately a lot of the practice owners they just let go at some point It's going to hurt them financially it's going to hurt the staff it's going to hurt the the patients and also it's going to hurt the the you know the buyer and you know the the um you know the point of view that i have that we have people that have no you know commission benefits from these transactions is we can point it out we can tell you specifically what's going on so we know brokers we don't need to tell you okay uh, your practice is very valuable and can sell it for i don't know five times of if you just sell it yourself so we can tell you the truth but um also yeah i do now we talk about the you know point of view of the buyer so we out there we see what how practices do we do see unfortunately that you know a lot of people don't do their homework and that's why pretty much gives a lot of new people new opportunities so even if the most saturated markets there's a lot of opportunity. so uh, dentistry is great
1: yeah. Well, and, and it really is it really is a process when you're buying a practice. And, and and there's multiple parties involved. And and we started to touch on some of these different parties that may or may not be part of the transaction, but you certainly have a buyer, you certainly have a seller. In some cases, you may have a practice broker. Often you'll have an attorney and and, and maybe even your CPA. So so maybe you can spend just a couple minutes kind of talking about the role of each person and and, and the different hats that they can wear. You know, even the the due diligence that may be done by a consultant, it may be done by you, it may be done by someone else. So, so
2: what are some of those processes and the the people involved with each one of those processes? Yeah, so uh, I could talk about that a little bit in you know in details because the way we recommend uh, buyers to approach it is a little bit more integrative. It's not just isolated so probably at the beginning before you even consider a uh, you know offer or which practice to purchase our recommendation is to network with as many people as possible there are a lot of webinars out there, there are a lot of you know uh meetings out there and sometimes it's not even you know it's not even by advisors banks do something they put out their uh, uh, some meetings you know they're consultants there are a lot of people we do webinars uh and if you want a little bit more detailed uh um conversation about what we talked today about this topic email me and i'm going to send you the original webinar 99 people to avoid before purchasing the practice it's three hours i don't think we want to do three hours today but that one is very very detailed but yeah at the beginning uh to the very very you know uh, uh you know minimum you want to speak with somebody who understands the dentistry business probably your cpa probably your business advisor probably your mentor probably somebody who went through it repeatedly and somebody that you trust and somebody with no conflict of interest because that's very very important somebody who can give you unbiased uh, advice so that's the first one uh hopefully uh it could be a lot of people i do know bankers great people they give a lot of you know advice to people but just know that you know everybody is working for specific money streams so that's very important to understand as well but in this process number one i believe that you need a cpa and attorney hundred percent but an attorney comes you know into this game a little bit later once the uh, you know financing is taken care of once the due diligence is taken care of maybe you need the attorney to advise you a little bit on the letter of intent but ultimately you do need an attorney for a contract for partnership contract if you need to for asset purchase agreement cpa is very very important because you are purchasing a dental practice and that's a business and a business has tax returns has financial statements uh just know that i do have training as a forensic accountant as a valuator as a fraud examiner. It's not just that I just take a look at the web, uh, you know, tax return and say, okay, it's good. It's much more involved. We do check, uh, you know, let's say the backups. uh, And this is, you know, the approach that should be, you know, uh, used to do this because again, there's a lot of things you may not be able to see when you just see the normal numbers. Very important. Uh, Practice, yeah, practice software, very important. Uh, You know, you can engage somebody who is a, you know, software specialist or, you know, a practice management consultant. Again, there are good ones out there. There are bad ones out there. But it's not that, you know, that you can just go with one person. I think it's very, very integrated it's uh, even if you work with me i would recommend you to work with a couple of other people as well even if uh you know um if you believe uh that you know you understand everything about this practice still my recommendation is to get a second source because uh, this is going to help you have a more informed decision so there is a financial due diligence at least you need a cpa operational due diligence you know you can if you understand the practice reports yeah we can give you the lists that you need to pull or we can pull them for you and then you can review them for sure you need a good banker in uh we have maybe 10 banks that know dental very very well but just know that each of these people do a different loan uh and also you know uh, some of these people that sell you the loans they have different kinds of abilities and understanding and know knowledge about this business i highly recommend you to speak to some of these people because they have a lot of experiences they would you know they just know this practice financially doesn't make sense and you know then people in the i.t people in the equipment attorney again very important demographics very important and these are people that you deal with and maybe coaches maybe trainers i mean it just depends where you are in this process what do you need but at the minimum minimum CPA and attorney very very important
1: okay that's that's so helpful just kind of giving us a a picture of of some of the different professionals that you may engage as you you buy and start running your practice
2: right and there's something that I want to let you know by law a CPA and an attorney they need to advise you properly Uh, they need to be fiduciaries for sure the bad CPA is there for sure the bad attorneys that you know they just want to profit you know but again the very very good ones out there and this is again that that's going to make it easier for you to know okay CPA attorney these are people I can trust don't these people receive again fee commission these people receive a fee provide a service and they look out for me very important yeah right it, it kind of changes the relationship when you're
1: paying for advice as opposed to when the professional is compensated, when a sale takes place or something else happens for their compensation, right? It, it really changes the entire transaction, doesn't it?
2: I agree with you. And this is pretty much something that you should be aware of as a buyer. Just know as a seller, usually a lot of people uh, engage uh, practice brokers and they receive between 8 to 12%. So $50, 000, a $500,000 practice pays somewhere between forty dollars to $60,000 to sell the practice. So probably you need to hire CPA, attorney, consultant, good ones, again, free of conflict of interest, to advise you, and that's uh, something that, again, that's, again, the business mindset. You cannot say, okay, I don't need attorney, I'm not going to pay for CPA, I'm not going to pay for these and that, okay, then bad. Or if you go with the bad ones, bad ones are those that pretty much don't charge you because they have probably some other, uh, you know, intentions. Just know, you know, discounted fees buys you only discounted services and, you know, cut corners and stuff like that. So you want somebody 100% on your team, looking out for you, not being afraid of anyone. So to, you know, express his, her opinion, also you know something else that i do if the deal is bad i disengage i did i don't even start it and that's very important because again why should why should we do a bad deal yeah absolutely
1: well and these transactions can go good or bad right you can end up in in a much better position you can end up in a worse spot and so you know before we started recording we were talking about a a practice that you you help someone find it it started off small and just a short time later it was a much better practice can you share a little bit about what went on in that practice and, and, and why it ended
2: up working so well well i can tell you very very simply it has nothing to do with what you see initially it's about what you do with it in future but we want to make sure that we buy the practice with good fundamentals so we are not need we don't need to fight liabilities and risks right away so we want to make sure that it's acceptable so we can build on it so I can tell you a few things we bought practices for hundred thousand dollars within a year they make two million dollars we bought a practice seriously for that generated six seven eight hundred thousand dollars makes three million now we bought practices, you know, that generated 60, dollars 80000 high rent. Um, as you know, Delta Premier adjustments, you know, buyer was afraid, you know, oh my God, I'm going to have all of these issues. makes $150,000. So even, you know, uh, when you believe, okay, this is not going to be easy, there are a lot of opportunities. And these are the resources. These are the mindsets. These are, you know, the opportunities that I can go there and pretty much make it better but i have to buy the right value but i have to make sure that the you know that the liability and the risk is you know within certain limits with the right fundamentals swot analysis and you know again this is somebody who went to business school somebody who's able to understand to assess risk and all of that is very very important hmm. well I, and i love what you just
1: said right it, it's, <clears throat> it's not so much what you buy <clears throat> going to be what you do with it afterwards and writing, implementing those things. But you want the right fundamentals. You want to manage the risk. You want to manage the liability so so that you're stepping into something that's at least reasonably well run. And if you have a good foundation, then you can take off and do amazing things with it. Can't you? 100%. 100%. Now, at the, the same side, sometimes know things don't end up working so well and i know you've even disengaged from transactions before why would you do that and 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 why would someone else consider disengaging from a transaction
2: uh somebody else i don't know (laughs) i mean because you know i just know what i do uh let's say i review a profile i just see the practice is just not worth it i just see okay the fundamentals are not there overpriced uh, you know it smells not good I have some prior you know involvement with specific people I just know how to present the practice I just know then I would say I'm sorry I'm not going to work on this deal Uh, I'm going to say it a little bit more decent or just say sometimes you know when down the road we discover fraud it happens a lot we discover misrepresentation we discover that stuff is not disclosed i would say okay i'm sorry this is something that i don't want to be a part of uh and then we disengage we return the fees we received, so we don't want to be in a bad deal and you know thankfully you know the relationship that we build with our clients is very very strong just know that after the transition everybody in this transition is going to leave you except your cpa except your cpa everybody the attorney is going to be gone practice broker for the seller oh he's happy he's going to go to hawaii probably so the the banker is going to be gone because you know but your cpa is there you know again as your fiduciary as somebody that you have to work with on a monthly basis uh so we are very very careful what deals i would say we uh you know i work on
1: yeah, no, I, I think that's so important, and, and thank you for sharing that because I, I think you know so often we think, hey, we're starting down this road. You know, I've got my offers in, and oh, I, I can work through all these terrible issues. But it's okay to, to step back if things don't look as they should, and you start discovering yeah. those red flags, isn't it? Yeah,
2: yeah. I yeah. mean, this is something that pretty much it it requires a lot of courage from me because seller's broker is not going to like it so I can show you some nasty emails that I sometimes receive I never respond to them but you know I cannot come back and say hey you know we discovered this and that and that I just say okay I mean we we provide the facts to the buyer and he she made his her, her decision it's not our decision our job is to make sure that we discover the facts and we let people know the consequences and you know if that's bad it's bad yeah
1: yeah right you're really serving as an advocate for the the buyer to to make sure that they are getting that that fundamentally sound practice 100
2: and this yeah. is something that I'd really want to emphasize one more time maybe there are a lot of people that claim to be buyer's advocate but always first of all see where the money is coming from who's paying them if that's a banker selling telling you yeah I'm an advocate for the buyer well probably that's not true because a banker is an advocate for the lender so the seller's broker is an advocate for the seller. Your attorney is your advocate. By law, again, let's go back. Your CPA is, and all of that is very important. No conflict of interest. Very important that you know if somebody is getting paid and how they get paid. Is it commission, referral fee, kickbacks, <clears throat> or are you the person, you know, uh, paying the fees to have these people exclusively look out for
1: you? Yeah. Wow no I mean there's so many things to to consider and and look at and and I love the the title of this right you've called it 99 pitfalls to avoid and and why did you call it 99
2: pitfalls yeah very interesting actually you know it's I guess it's just uh you know a uh we always talk about 100 there I think in a practice transition let's say there's 100 moving parts maybe these are 100 moving parts probably you cannot control 99 probably you may be able to just control yourselves. And that's only one. So 99 pitfalls, hopefully you work uh, uh, on on your information and your transition and your skills to have at least one part work well, to have all of the 99 under control. It's a little bit rhetorical gameplay, I think. Um, But, But I think it illustrates such an important point because ultimately
1: the only thing you can really have influence over and that you can really actually make an impact on is yourself through yourself. this process right you, you, you can't control all the outside factors but you can control your decisions and you can yeah. make sure that you've got the right team around you to help make yeah. smart decisions
2: yeah. and you and i know how difficult it is to change ourselves you know to change our attitude to you know get uh, improved to you know uh do things better on a daily basis yeah. so it's the most difficult part, but it's gonna help you have everything else under control yeah. in your life yeah. and also in your business.
1: So true, and thank you for sharing so generously and helping educate us on, on some of those pitfalls, the process, and what you should consider if you are buying a, a dental practice. And, and one of the things I like about you, Fazel, is not only are you a dental CPA who really loves the industry, who understands the industry, who's married to a dentist just like I am, but you are also a fellow business owner. And, and I think that's important because you can have a lot of empathy, a lot of understanding, and you know what goes into to running a business. And so I want to spend just a kind of couple moments on, on some business issues that will really, I think, help our audience, whether you've got one practice, a million practices, or you're a brand new associate coming out of school. And, and, and what do you read, right? Do you have a favorite book for, for dental entrepreneurs, for driven dentists? Do you have a favorite resource to, to, share,
2: to send them to? Yeah, well, first of all, I'm not just a business owner. I'm a dental business owner with my wife. This is very, very important. This is something that we purchased eight years ago, and we doubled it. Not because, uh, again, we're geniuses, because we just followed pretty straightforward and sound business resources and skills, improved it, gut training, marketing, technology, on a daily basis, communication, attitude uh what would i recommend everyone to read has nothing to do specifically with dentistry so my recommendation is always first of all go out there read a lot of stuff listen to a lot of podcasts hopefully not only in dentistry so i'm i have i have anyways a very very diverse background my recommendation for everyone for everyone is to read financial therapy book there's a name there's a book by the name of financial therapy this is going to show you the relationship you have with money. Uh, You can have, I mean, it's, uh, it's very, very interesting. I keep going back to this book. I keep, you know, learning stuff, you know, you're in a money business. I'm in a money business. Sometimes when I speak to people, I just know their attitude. Then I know, oh, my God, uh, this is that attitude. We need to speak about this. Oh, wow, they have the right attitude toward money. And that's going to help you much, much to understand pretty much what you want to do in your business. Because you don't want to make money, money, money. You want to make sure that you do money, that you have, you know, everything is sound. But also that you're in the right position, that you feel wealthy. And feeling wealthy had nothing to do with the amount of the money that you get paid properly for the work and the investment that you have done, that you always take it to the next level, that you always improve, but also that, you know, your weaknesses. Hmm.
1: Oh, I, I love that. Right. Cause I, and you just hit on it, right. True wealth is not necessarily the size of your bank account. Is it?
2: It's not, it's, uh, I mean, probably we, we help people with, I would say net worth, uh, up to hundred million dollars. And I can tell you that you know out of all of those people that we work with, money is not the primary issue to have happiness. this yep. is uh, this is something uh, i've I've experienced it in my own life, in my own family. So we have healthy people, wealthy people. so but we have happy people in my family, and I can tell you it has nothing to do with the amount of the money. yeah. Well, and and even in running a business, right, and
1: especially a dental business, you're going to have ups and downs and and days where it's great and days where it's not so great. So what do you do to to really maintain a positive and productive and successful mindset? Are there things that you do on a regular basis to really
2: sustain your motivation and sustain your drive? 100 percent. First of all, routines, specific routines now you ask me personally Monday Wednesday Friday I wake up at 3 30 I'm at gym at 4. uh the other days I wake up at uh, 5 I walk probably an hour hour and a half uh nutrition very important uh writing you know reading stuff is very important uh listening to the read really good podcasts networking is very important communication on a daily basis is very important um you know as you know my wife is a dentist we now we go vacation with 11 other dentists i mean my wife me and another you know five dental dental couples and you know something that you know i bring in is this diversity in, in regards to you know my my different type of you know uh environment that i'm involved in but my friends are from all over the place my friends are from you know all over the areas uh and my recommendation is network as much as you can have your very specific routines improve um ce's uh, you know take ce's and stuff that is not dentistry related that is not even business related psychology sociology all of that is going to help you pretty much uh, be a much 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 more successful uh, business person Right. So so really be
1: be willing to step outside the, the realm of dentistry and, and learn from from other industries and, and take that knowledge in, right? Take care of your body, eat right, exercise and, and make time for these things, right? To yep. to, to say we don't have time for, for exercise or or we don't have time to to eat right. That's actually a formula for disaster, isn't it?
2: It's a formula of disaster. I mean, my job is sitting like twelve to fourteen to sixteen to eighteen. One day during COVID, I worked twenty six hours, so I, it was insane. I was in the height of the COVID. We needed to do. I needed to study a lot, but I also I needed to work. So, but as you know, my job is sitting all day. But taking the time is very important. Yeah. And because I didn't find any time during day, okay. I'm gonna wake up at three thirty. I'm gonna wake up at five a.m. I'm gonna go to gym. I'm gonna walk, uh, prepare meals, uh, listening to podcasts, listening to all kinds of people. Yeah, you know, not just people that you know share my sight, my insights. And yeah, and my,
1: yeah. And uh, now over your career, you have worked with hundreds, if not thousands Thousands. of of thousands of very successful dentists. And and, and as you interact with them uh, and you talk to them, have you been able to to see or do you believe that there's some kind of pattern or formula to really becoming a successful
2: dental entrepreneur? Again, entrepreneur means that you are not just a dentist, that you have additional skills that you have communication skills that you seek improvement that you network that you uh you know just just get involved with more stuff that become the mindset is very important imagine that all you're interested in is you know the dental codes you know the ada codes that's doing those that's not enough leadership is very very important uh, and I can tell you, uh, I'm very, very happy that I do see so many young peoples, you know, probably everybody that graduated in the past 10 years with much more additional skills. You know, I'm I'm very happy that, that we are, you know, raised in, or we live in a time with uh, so much information. And uh, fortunately, it's getting better and better and better. And, you know, the people that I work with, the, they have this mindset. Yeah. It's very important. Yeah.
1: No, that's fantastic. Well, well, I know. I certainly feel like I've got a much better understanding of some of those basic principles of of buying a dental practice. A great insight into the the mindset that successful dentists use, and you've given us a framework, a systematic process for for really thinking through this and i know you've empowered me to to feel like i have even more control over this process and, and understanding so how can we get in touch with you how, how can we find you how can we get a a copy of the the full presentation if we'd
2: like that well a full presentation is more than two hours it's uh, just email me uh, it's a it's a recorded webinar that probably so far over a thousand people have seen it so cal.dental.cpa gmail.com Pretty straightforward Cal. at gmail.com you can find me dentalctaca.com uh that's pretty easy you can just google my name fazal mastashari i'm very happy that you know a lot of people made made you know uh we we rank pretty well and in, in 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 internet and also we can email you the the webinar it's much more detailed everything is explained all of those you know issues those 99 pitfalls probably i've talked about all the 50 60 specifically named them so uh email me i'm going to provide you with uh with my webinar and anytime uh you need a consult i'm going to be happy to uh you know share my my time with you
1: uh, well well thank you for sharing so generously any closing thoughts before we sign off here
2: be happy you know the the the, the usual one no my recommendation you know uh every day you know I try to improve every day uh we have a lot of conversation every day there's a lot of you know problems that we try to resolve in in our our practice and also with outside people I mean um there is always a way out, you know, and uh, information is very important. The more you learn about what you do, the, the more this is going to help you. And hopefully, you know, everybody can do that.
1: Yeah. Well, hey, I'm so glad that everyone that you tuned in with us today and hopefully you're walking away with more information, better understanding of this process of, of buying a dental practice, what goes into it. And it's so important because right here on Dental Wealth Nation, we want to help you build an even more amazing life of significance so that you can take care of the people you love, support the causes you care about, and really change the world for the better. But to do that, you got to take action. You can't just listen to this stuff. You've got to take proactive action. And that's what I want to encourage you to do. And if you do that, you're going to make it a great day. I'm your host, Tim McNeely Fazel Masashari. Thank you so much again for being a fantastic guest. And helping us
2: build an amazing life of significance. Thank you very much, Tim. It was it was really amazing to to be with you here. Thank you.
0: You've been listening to Dental Wealth Nation. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from the show. Join us next time as we pull back the curtain to reveal the often hidden advice and strategies used by today's most successful individuals and families and help maximize your net worth so you can take even better care of the people you love. Till next time, make sure to hit the website at dentalwealthnation.com.